Listening Dog Media. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? Last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Muddy Knees Media. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Offside Rule. Why is it special? We'll just hold on two seconds or we'll be revealed. I'm Kate Borsay. And today let's climb into the car and sound the brass section because we're going to go on an antiques roadshow. Joining us on this very special edition, it's a pair who've been in the game long enough to be considered artefacts for the show. Only joking, it's our antiquities experts themselves, Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. Hello, ladies. Hello there. Well, hello. I feel like I have to be extra posh for this. Well, you get our RP out, girls. Yes, and you can make get sure your old the right PhD, delivery. your master's out, all the uh, all the appropriate qualifications. Um, Lindsay, I think we should explain to our listeners why we're doing <laughs> this theme. Oh, this is how sad my life is. I I dreamt about this as a podcast show. Um, okay. And I woke up that morning. It's not very often you remember what you dream about. But that morning, first thing I did was on our little WhatsApp group, I sent a message saying, had a dream. We did Antiques Roadshow as a theme for the podcast. And of course, producer Abby, who was probably a bit light on ideas, decided let's go with that. <laughs> um, are you one of the people that believes that dreams have significance and anything you dream has to come true? Yes, because I had a dream about something else, which I've spoken to you about oh. that I think, um, <laughs> not for the show. <laughs> but, oh my um, God, I do apologise yeah, to our listeners. That not I think that will come true, or it's certainly something to pursue. So this this is quite a weight of responsibility <laughs> on your dreams, Lindsay. Uh, I had a dream about um, a sheep getting run over by a Land Rover, which was driven by me um, the other day. Does that mean we should be doing that as a show? Soon. No, that that's not a theme, though, is it? No, I, don't I know think it's true. There's, in, it's there's true. enough footballing sheep 
out there. <laughs> True. There's enough been involved in car accidents as well, unfortunately. Oh, I know, the wrong yeah. end of the law. This is a football podcast, just in case anyone's listening yes. and wondering what the <laughs> heck these girls have decided that after a million years of podcasting, they themselves are antiques and that's the way we're going to go. Well, actually, Hayley, good point, because some of our listeners may never have watched the Antiques Roadshow. It does exist mm. abroad. It exists in the US, probably in several other European countries as well. But could you just explain the premise for anyone that doesn't know about the Antiques Roadshow? Yes, yeah, so members of the public decide to head to this antique roadshow, which is where you have a ton of experts who all have their kind of specialist areas like, you know, art and painting, silverware, jewellery. And they head all over the, the, the country to kind of stately homes and national trust areas and beautiful parks. And members of the public queue up, I think, for hours and hours with things that they found in their house that they hope they're going to get told are worth millions of pounds. Um, quite often that is not the case, but there have been some amazing finds in there as well. So that's kind of what happens. It's one of those, it's a little bit sort of at the moment, we kind of want to resurrect this Antiques Roadshow because everyone's been cleaning out the houses, in particular the attics, haven't they? Just kind of looking for that memorabilia or, or you know, artefact that they want to take down and find out is worth an absolute fortune. They never have to go to work ever again. Despite being filmed in the UK as well, I don't know whether you've ever noticed this both, but it's always sunny on the Antiques I was just about Roadshow. to say that, Lindsay. Yeah. I was literally just about to make that point, weirdly enough. It reminds you of summer, the whole show, doesn't it? It's always sunny. Someone's always in, you know, a nice nice cotton floral dress. Usually June, who's 85, who's been hanging on to this teddy bear, sits on a bedside table and has done for years, and the grandchildren have been playing with it for all those decades. And then she turns up to the Antiques Roadshow to try and find out if it's worth anything and usually it's not. But it's a great programme anyway. We are fully, fully invested in it. OK, what's coming up today and how are we going to do this? Well, because we've got an antiques theme, um, we're going to be predicting which footballers could be considered future icons, future wow factors, future items of worth in 100 years' time. We're going to be talking some footballing rare finds. What are the one-offs, the collectibles from football? And then to finish up, we're going to be doing some price guessing because that's what the show's all about, isn't it? That's the moment that you hang on for. You don't really want to know the history of the ceramic pot. You want to know how much it's worth. Uh, so we're going to be doing a bit of that at the end of the show as well. OK, let's get in the car. Let's pile up the old paintings, flip back the roof and set off to the nearest National Trust property. The heating's on, it's getting darker earlier and earlier, so why not cheer yourself up this November with a subscription to The Athletic for just £1 a week. For only 100 of your English pence every seven days, you'll get unrivaled analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, plus a breaking news service and ad-free versions of all of The Athletic's podcasts. Sign up today at theathletic.com slash offside. what ladies i love that bit at the end it's like someone tickling someone's chin the whiskers mm. on the chin the little imps in the garden scurrying around the bree the breezy grass I, I just yeah i absolutely love the antiques roadshow theme tune anyway let's move on then to the beginning of the show so future antiques this is when we're going to be doing some predicting uh we've got to enter into Lindsay's dream state to be able to do this <laughs> Uh, let's get predicting. So I'd like to look ahead at who or what could be the artefacts brought to Fiona Bruce's great-great-granddaughter 
in the years ahead. In short, I'm asking you if there was an antiques roadshow in a hundred years' time, who or what would be worth the most? Hayley McQueen. Oh, well, I'm thinking that kind of team sheets from football games, particularly you, Lindsay, right now during COVID times that not a lot of people have got their hands on. I've thrown all of those away. But I... I was thinking about the football programmes from during mm. lockdown, so I'm sort of on the but, same lines as you. Well, the thing is, football programmes, so many people have them. I think you'd have to have, you know, every single programme from every away game from a team for it to actually be worth anything as a collection because I think now, unfortunately, they are ten a penny. There are a lot more than that, of course. Um, but I'm thinking you turn up with a flip chart from a training ground with kind of all the arrows and markings on it because mm. in however many years' time, 100 years or so, there's going to be no such thing as paper or pens, is there? They're not going to know they exist. It's like now when you look at a, a cassette player and a tape, kids don't know what it is. They, they, they just think it's something from another planet. So I'm thinking anything like that in terms of paper and paper right now from COVID times, anything from COVID times from the year that there was the pandemic, I think in football is going to be a bit special because yeah. fans haven't been able to access the stadium to get hold of anything. But you journalists and reporters have. You know exactly. What, we need you, Linz to try and lift, i.e. steal, the face mask belonging to a manager. Or well, no, I think I I think of... the two the two bits of hot property right now in the Premier okay. League, Harry Kane and Son Young Min, their face masks or hand sanitizers that they used. Yeah. They had their something. paw prints on it. Well, I've been thinking about players that could be worth something in years to come, centuries to come even. These are the players who will be renowned for their time, for their generation. So which ones are we really going to remember? It's not just players who are good right now. It's players that are going to have some value. And for that, I think one of the main contenders has got to be Marcus Rashford. It's a pretty obvious answer, isn't it? But it's not every footballer who manages to get a government to turn around twice regarding something like free school meals. Um, I don't think... Never before has a player, not publicly anyway, done so much to change social and political history. And I actually think more importantly, I think he's only just getting started. He's so young anyway, isn't he? So, yeah, I would say when we talk about footballing icons of this century or of this period of time, he's got to be the one that a lot of people remember. I've, I've got a few objects that we could bring to our experts and okay. get a value on. Um, one of those is Arsene Wenger's zipper jacket. Oh, yeah. Um, because I, I thought that might get quite quite the going in, a, in an auction room in about 100 years' time because yes. his history with Arsenal, that invincible season, all of that will be remembered and chastised. And then in 100 years, there'll be those pictures as well from when he couldn't get his jacket done up and people will want a piece of that, I think. Um <laughs> The the other one is, um, and we all laughed at it at the time, but, you know, he's going to be remembered as one of the greatest players of all time. So why not sell off the Ronaldo statue from Madeira? Yes. Um, awful looking thing, but it doesn't really have a lifelike representation, does it? It's one of those statues. They never tend it to is get a, one a football off, statue right. But yeah. yeah, it's a one-off seat and it, I think that would be quite marketable. Okay. To give a good value for, um, and my final, my final one is an actual object, and I think this is because, and you're going to think I'm crazy saying this, but I honestly think in 100 years that Spurs' brand new stadium, which we're all mega hyped over at the moment, it's going to be such old news that they're going to be rebuilding an, another one probably. Um, so they're going to 
they're going to sell off the Spurs cockerel. I've decided. <gasps> I've oh, got this. How wow. weird. I've got the golden cockerel as well. But did you know, Linz, that the one up on the south stand at the moment is not the original? It is a new one. It's, in fact, nearly double the height of the original. The original one, um, around about two metres tall, um, is in the club's offices. So it's Lily White House, basically, um, in Tottenham. And it's got little little marks on it, little dents in it. And there was a famous sort of story going around, legend has it, that it was basically it had picked up those little dents in the blitz, but it actually wasn't. Um, folklore tells us that it was done by Gaza with an air rifle. He denied it, but apparently he was spotted. So for me, the original cockerel is the one that's going to have the most value, the one that first appeared in 1909. Uh, that's going to have the most value in 100 years' time. Hayley, what else have you got? Yeah, I have a few. I'm just thinking, what about the tournament that never happened this summer? What about oh Euro gosh, 2020? Yeah, I think it's going to prove lucrative for not even happening. It was obviously supposed to run from June till July. It was scrapped. It's going to take place 2021. But you can't just scribble out the zero at the end of the two and put one. It all <gasps> has to be completely redesigned. And it was the year celebrating 60 years of the European Championship competition as yeah. well. So programmes and tickets are being printed. No. Kit designs have been approved, memorabilia from water bottles, hats are being planned. But they did have a Panini Euro 2020 preview sticker book. No. So whoever's got that, and if there's anything in circulation with Euro 2020 that already went out to be sold, I think you could be quids in in 100 you know what? years. That is so clever. You just That's <laughs> absolutely, I think that's an, an amazing idea. Get your hands on anything Euro 2020 related, uh, the tournament it. that didn't happen. Um, do you know the, um, the when the Olympic coins were bought out, there was a 50p coin with football on it. This is in 2012. Yes. Um, I had it and spent it. Did you? Oh, you're kidding. Well, that one basically is near enough at the top of the charts for the coin worth more, many more times than the original, basically. So that red. No, no. Oh, my gosh. So so the, well, and you can understand it, I think. £2.50? <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's worth it. Don't tell me, more. don't tell me, because I, I in, honestly have And that. in 100 years' time, I guess it's because, I think I think judo's up there as well in terms of the coin because it's because it's quite a nice-looking coin. But the football mm. one, of course, there are so many football fans around that it just, even if you didn't like the Olympics and you like football, it's still a good collector's item, isn't it? Mm. So, yeah, you should have hung on to that, Linz, basically. Uh, 2012 Olympic football you, coin. Um, anything idiot. else? And I've got... <laughs> Something that I feel like is already a bit of an antique, but in 100 years, they definitely aren't going to exist unless they make full circle black football boots. Oh, black yes, football that's boots. that's a good point. They will be a rarity, yes. Mm. <laughs> I think that's Maybe a we're going to go point. retro and go back to black. I mean, even yeah, I mean, white, white football boots as well. You don't get those anymore, really, do you? Just pure white ones. Um, I'd put Jurgen Klopp in here as a person to go down in history just because he is going to sit with Bill Shankly and Bob Paisley, isn't he, as one of the Liverpool greats. Champions League, one league to his name. He's not finished yet. So I just think, yeah, he is He is going to be uh, one of those iconic items <laughs> worth a lot of money in years to come. Um, anything else? I have an actual footballer who is an artist and I think that their work 
in a hundred years is going to be worth a lot because it's very high quality. He is super, super talented. And now he's also taught his son, Joseph, the tricks of the trade. And I'm talking about former Wolves captain, Jodie Craddock. He was there for 10 years, but has gone on. If you if you check out his work, Jodie Craddock, and just do a, a Google, honestly, it's incredible. All the sort of artwork as well that I think you'd like Hayley um, and I, I think it's going to be worth a, a, a nice book or two by by the time 100 years comes around because also art's also worth more isn't it once you've passed on and in 100 years he will have done and I've spoken about Jodie Craddock very infrequently in my life apart from twice in one week because I also spoke about him on the Totally Football show this week just happened to come up but it was very fitting for this topic. All right, we want to look out for that. Well, uh, essentially, we've created our own time capsule, haven't we, ladies? We just need to find these things and put them in. Uh, So in 100 years' time, Hayley, uh, your little girl, Ayla, uh, her children can listen back to see if we're right. How about that? Heck yeah. Up next, rub those hands together. We're looking for rare finds now. This is The Offside Rule with Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper and Hayley McQueen. Well, as you know, ladies, uh, and if you've seen Antiques Roadshow, listeners, it's the rare finds that really light up the programme, don't they? The ones that look innocuous, maybe. Maybe you think, that can't be worth more than a couple of bob. And they're essentially priceless. Those are the really, really valuable ones. In fact, uh, some of the most valuable items on the show, well, we've got here a Patek Philippe pocket watch worth between two and three million dollars there was a bronze maquette um, of the angel of the north uh, that was valued at around uh, a million pounds also so that so we're, we're basically looking for very rare items so let's apply that to football if you were going up to the table of experts what would be your artifact or your one-off event in football uh, that is so rare that it would never happen again Haley. gosh i mean there's a couple I have, but but one, I am just going to bring it up again, probably all bored of hearing about Leicester's title winning season. Now, I'm not saying that they're not going to win the league again. Especially because they're up the there table. this season. Yes, yeah. exactly. But I am saying a betting slip where a team is at 5,000 to one to oh, win the league. Yes. So the, yes. the start of that season, 47 people placed a bet with, this was with Ladbrokes, the bookmakers. There were lots of other bookmakers out there for Leicester to win. Half, more than half, cashed out early. One fan, though, took home £72,000 from a 50 quid bet. He would have won 250 grand, but I think I'd be happy at 72000 But I just think the way that bookmakers are working now at the beginning of the season, and especially this season, which I think has turned everything on its head yet again... It's going to become even more rare that there are going to be odds like that for a team to win the Premier League or whatever it's called in the future. Mm, Lindsay. Have to agree with that. Um, most of mine aren't going to be tangible things that they can hold. Oh, come so I'm, on I'm going to give you that. Well, they're just things that have happened in football that... I don't think we'll see again. For instance, everyone remembers Figo getting attacked with a pig's head. I mean, we're not going to see that again. And I 
I was thinking of something Premier League related for that and the best I could come up with. Do you remember when Steve Bruce had a cabbage thrown at him at Aston Villa? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so random. <laughs> and there was memes of him as a cabbage afterwards. Uh, and I think if we showed people in 100 years, they wouldn't really understand what had happened. Yes, it's, um, a, it's, it's a bit like the, the front front of the son, was it, who had um, Steve McLaren's turnip. turnip turnip. Head. No, that was Graham Turner. Graham Taylor, sorry. Taylor, sorry. Uh, Of course. Um, do you know, producer Abby reminded me of this one. And it, it is animal themed. Uh, that's when Blackburn supporters brought live chickens to protest oh, yeah. against, against the Venkies. Mm. Uh, one had a Blackburn scarf on. Even I just love love the image of uh, of, of uh, chickens running around <laughs> at Ewood Park, and one with a scarf on. Um, a couple were actually locked up in a police cell at Ewood Park, banged up overnight. No, not not really banged up overnight but just again the image of chickens in police cells does rather tickle one doesn't it i have thought about it being um maybe the only year that var would be used as it is being used so i think we have a monitor just one of those monitors that you see at the side of a pitch everything will be very very different come 100 years time but um yeah, VAR. I think it's it's. It, I mean, it's already a bit of a relic, isn't it? It's a it's yeah. a complete disaster. It's the season that was known as the VAR problem. Yes, the monitors that didn't 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 work for many months, did they? You just didn't just couldn't get anything out of them for months and months before they started to be used. Um, Lindsay. I went niche with a couple of refereeing examples that I don't think we'll ever see again. We all remember the 2006 World Cup in Germany when Graham Paul gave out three yellow cards to the same player, Josip Simonic. Displaying English refereeing at its best. (laughs) Croatia versus Australia. Um, And yeah, Simonic fouled Harry Kuehl where he should have been sent off. That should have been his second yellow of the game, but no red card followed. And then he did eventually get a third yellow card and a red card. Um, But yeah, you have hope that that won't happen again. And then speaking of referees, I found this. It's a little gem. It happened in Denmark. Bear with me. So the referee we're talking about is Henning Eriksdrup. And what happened with him is his false teeth fell out and it meant that he couldn't blow the final whistle for a game in Denmark. And so the game proceeded because the players couldn't hear the whistle. He's trying frantically to blow and wow. try and get his teeth back in. And as he's trying, um, the team called Elbeltoft, they scored and made it four all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when he found his teeth, he blew the whistle and he chalked the goal off. Which oh. I, I just, I don't know how I felt about that, but I thought it was a very rare thing to have happened uh, wow. in world football. Uh, well, as a Liverpool fan, I'm of course going to throw the beach ball in. 2009 October Stadium of Light, oh. that innocuous shot by Sunderland's Darren Bent, heading straight towards Liverpool's goalkeeper Pepe Reina. But then... In what uh, Rafael Benitez described as a special situation, uh, Bent's shot struck a beach ball that had been thrown onto the pitch by mm. uh, a fan. Of course, it was diverted into the visitors' net as well. So uh, the only goal in a 1-0 Sunderland win. That ball, by the way, could also double up as one of our mm. rare finds. It's now on display at the National Football Museum. So oh, there you go, yeah. a nice a nice artefact. Hayley, anything else from you? No, I was just thinking of things a bit, little bit like, like the Vuvuzela and the Jubilani and sort of different bowls from different seasons. Well, getting, yes. yes. I've got mm. one more event, if mm. you'd like it. Mm. And we've discussed a lot on this podcast, famous events from football history, whether it was Diana Ross and that awful penalty or, you know, random things happening, the, the, the pig's head and, and uh, Figo and everything else. But this one seemed to have just passed us by. It's in Montevideo, semi-finals of the first ever World Cup, Argentina versus the USA, 1930. 
The Americans growing increasingly upset about what they perceived to be roughhouse tactics from Argentina. They didn't like the way that they were playing, uh, so much so that, uh, in fact, after one particularly heavy tackle, uh, one of the US coaches leapt up from the bench, raced his way onto the field to remonstrate with the referee. You wouldn't be allowed to do that these days, would you? In his anger, he threw his medical bag onto the floor, cracking open a bottle of chloroform and knocked himself out. Sparko, wow. absolutely Sparko, oh, unconscious. <laughs> I mean, we've ha- we've actually had not to get a bit mellow on this, but um, we we've actually had in other countries people running on the pitch and trying to shoot people and all sorts. Yes, well, let's not. Let's, let's hope that doesn't yes, go go yes, again. Exactly. We will mention though Cantona's kung fu kick. Yes. Palace, 1995. You won't see that again. And I'm going to end with Luis Suarez biting three players. Yes. Branislav Ivanovic, Otman Bacal and Giorgio Cellini because that isn't going to happen again. Three players being bitten by the same... I suppose so. Biting could well happen. Biting might, leagues, but maybe. not three players. Yeah. A quick one to officially, officially end. What about the World Cup trophy, which is worth 20 million as it is? Um... I think the World Cup trophy and something from 1966 in 100 years time, because, yeah, that's not going to happen again, is so, it, ladies? So a copy of the Jules, Jules, Jules Rimmer. Rimmer. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, just when you think you've seen it all, eh? Uh, well, still to come, it's any other business, but next up, higher, lower, it's Lindsay's favourite game. All right, ladies, the big finale. Guess the price. I know you're going to get excited about this one, Lindsay, but try not to be too competitive, okay? Uh, Now, the only reason uh, that anyone ever watches the Antiques Roadshow, uh, well, the only reason I ever watch it anyway, is to find out how much the items people have covered in dust, hidden away in their lofts, that they bring to the show are worth. As ever, it all comes down to the money, doesn't it? So, to put an offside rule spin on this episode, we're going to play a game of play your cards right, but the cards are football transfer fees instead. Does that make sense? Yes, although you say that I get very competitive. Hayley has a distinct advantage that all of these transfers, she may have even announced at one point oh, on Sky Sports News. Okay. So. Exactly, oh, thank you. Should be in the grey matter there somewhere. Yeah. Let's see what you're made of then, ladies. Okay, let's Terrible do an example, memory. just so everyone's clear, Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, was Raul Jimenez's fee from Benfica to Wolves higher or lower than Juan Mata moving from Chelsea to Manchester United? I think, I mean, was matters a... You got a 50% chance. I remember it was a record for United at the time, but I can't remember how much... Jimenez cost. Four. Okay, Lindsay? We could do this between us. If you can remember matter, I I think matter. I don't know what the fee was for matter, but I remember it was a a record fee at the time. So Jimenez, higher or lower than Juan Mata? I think he's going to be lower. You're correct, yes. Jimenez, 34 million from Benfica to Wolves. Juan Mata, uh, moving from Chelsea to Manchester United, 40 million. All these figures, by the way, are coming from transfer marked. Uh, Okay, let's start for real, shall we, ladies? You're going to have to be a little bit bit quicker than that, uh, lest our listeners fall asleep. Okay, there's... There's basically four of these, so we mm-hmm. will whistle through them. Andy Carroll to Liverpool, was that higher or lower than David Beckham to Real Madrid? You th- I think it was higher. I think it was higher. 
Yeah, yeah I Hoover. think it was. Yeah, I uh, think yes, it was. Yes, you're correct. More. Yeah, Andy Carroll to Liverpool, 36.9 million. Beckham to Real Madrid, 33.75 million. Ooh, okay, listeners, nice. you can join close. in too. Cristiano Ronaldo to Manchester United. Was that higher or mm-hmm. lower than Kevin De Bruyne to Wolfsburg? Ronaldo will be lower because they, they got him for a bargain when you think about it from Sporting Lisbon. Yeah, I would have said so. De, De Bruyne to Wolfsburg wasn't wasn't a big fee though but yeah I think Ronaldo's probably cheaper correct 17.1 million for Mm. Ronaldo to Manchester United Uh, De Bruyne to Wolfsburg was 19.8 so it was lower Ronaldo lower number three Javier Mascherano to West Ham or Thomas Suchek to West Ham (laughs) so Mascherano to West Ham or Suchek to West Ham I have a theory part of like was he part of a deal though was that all part of a deal it was all tied in with with Tevez as well but they they paid big money but I've got a feeling this is a bit of a trick because I think they're the same Incorrect. Hayley oh, McQueen, oh. was Mascherano higher or lower? Remember that that, though, that is the option, Lindsay. Higher or lower? <laughs> okay. Let's <laughs> check. Um, I'm going to go higher. I'm going to go higher than Suchek. Incorrect. Oh. Mascherano oh. was 13.14 million to West Ham. Uh, Suchek to West Ham was 14.58 million. Question number four. Paul Ince to Inter. Was that higher or Ooh. lower than Tom Ince to Stoke? Uh-huh. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, do you want me to go first again? I think... I think Tom I love the way that you don't I've, even wait for an answer. <laughs> sorry. I think Tom Ince to Stoke was more expensive. Hayley McQueen? Because of the time, yeah. Obviously, it was in the 90s, wasn't it, that obviously Paul Ince went. So I think his son probably cost more relative terms... Paul would have been worth more, if you get me. But I think Paul's move would have been less than his son's move. Okay, so... So, yes, you're correct. Paul Ince to Inter Milan was lower, 9.45 million, than Tom, his son, going to Stoke. That was 10.08 million. Well done, ladies. I think, apart from the Mascherano one, I think Mm. you both pretty much maxed out on that one. Well done. All right, well, as ever... We're going to end on short stories you wish you'd seen in the week. It's called Any Other Business. It still doesn't have a theme tune, by the way. And Hayley, what can you bring us today? So this is a story which happened in the last couple of weeks. What about a game being called off because the white markings on the pitch weren't clear enough? Washed away by rain, not good enough. The referee queried where the groundsman had gone when he came to do the pitch inspection, okay? Um, apparently, he'd gone to B&Q to buy more paint to try and get the markings on the pitch. Um, this was a game in the Essex Senior League between Clapton FC and Walthamstow FC, and it was actually postponed due to those insufficient pitch markings. So there you go. Ah. Um, yeah, um, he did get back to the pitch in time, to the grounds, uh, with his paint from B&Q, but it had already been called off by then. I mean, imagine that. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Lindsay Hooper. This is something that I wish I hadn't seen this week, um, going against your intro to any other business. Um, I I feel like we have to talk about Greg Clark. Uh, I know that he's since resigned from the FA, but I mean awful awful dinosaur antique-esque things that he was he was um, spouting off this week when he was 
speaking to the DCMS committee. Yeah. I mean, one of I mean, one of the things that he mentioned was um, he was being asked about why there aren't enough female goalkeepers, and he said that girls don't like the ball hit at them hard. Uh, I mean, there were so many other things that we know that he spoke about. We don't need to go over it all. I'm sure people have seen it in the news this week, but I I wanted to bring it up just to say that it's so important that people in these top jobs, especially at our football governing body, need to be with the times. And and I spoke about uh, on the Totally Football Show about this, about making sure that they educate themselves. And we all have a duty to re-educate ourselves and check in from time to time every few years to make sure we're not behind with with, with what we should be talking about and, and yeah. the language we should be using. But it just... It just cried really of, of ignorance, didn't it, really? It's, it's, it's a shame because this is a man with four daughters and I've always felt I got on quite well. I've, I've sat next to Greg a couple of times at various events that I've, I've hosted and I always really got on with him. I found him to be, because I have been around people who have been a little bit sexist, but he was very respectful and seemed like a really good guy and he talks about his children a lot, about his girls and always talks to me about, you know, the women's game and women in sport and how I'm doing a great job for Sky and there are so many more women coming through. So to me, it actually did come as a little bit of a surprise, yeah, but well, very disappointing. Yeah. Well, um, that's that's it. He should know better having daughters himself. Yes. So, yeah. Interestingly enough, one of the people lined up to replace him, and I think it's so important to talk about women in this conversation as well, Linz, as you point out, Baroness Sue Cam. Campbell. Uh, she is the uh, FA's director of women's football. We've met Sue a few times. She's not like a posh baroness at all. Very down to her. She's Baroness of Loughborough, by the way, which you'll approve of, Lindsay. Yes. Um, but yeah, she's in the running to to replace him. So I just wanted to give give old Sue a shout out from us. We definitely approve that message, Sue. If it if it happens, um, Emil, Emil Heskey as well came out and said he would actually like to give it a bit of a shot, but it oh, might have just come a little bit too early. But he's done every possible course that um, UEFA can offer. And he's obviously very educated away yeah. from away from, from football. And, and as a black man in a position of power, I think would be incredible. Troy Townsend as well. You know, Linz, again, someone we know well. He'd yes. be perfect for it, wouldn't he? If he wanted it, that's he's, it. Well, he's done brilliant work with Kick It Out. He's such a good orator as well, isn't he? So I, I think yeah. he'd be a very good public image and he would say and do the right thing. So mm. he's the sort of person that people should be looking at too. Um, and whilst we're on the topic of uh, loosely, as we were talking about Baroness Sue Campbell, women's football, I wanted to say about the Women's Football Weekend, which yes. is this weekend. Uh, with an international break and no Premier League football, no EFL, you can completely concentrate your efforts on watching back-to-back women's football. The kickoff times have been staggered, so you can watch four matches, I think, in a day. It's um, it's pretty good stuff that's on offer. And there are quite a few derbies. London yes, yeah. derby, Birmingham derby, Manchester, Manchester derby. derby. So tuck into that this weekend as well. On an election vibe, because, of course, we found out, didn't we, at the weekend that Joe Biden was the new president-elect and Southampton have been getting involved with this. I absolutely love this when I saw this. I had um, this too. It's brilliant. <laughs> they won against Newcastle United on Friday night, so they temporarily, didn't they, went top of the Premier League. And we know that Donald Trump's been tweeting, stop the count, uh, although he then said that you needed to restart it because, of course, if you stopped it, then he would have ended up losing anyway. But um, as an ode to that, Southampton screen grabbed the <laughs> Premier League standings with them at the top and just wrote in capitals, stop the count, uh, which I thought was a great move from them. 
genius. Whoever's on that social media account deserved a bonus, didn't they, that day? <laughs> um, speaking of social media accounts, I feel like everything's flowing together <gasps> lovely. Yes. Um, our Instagram, Instagram account. So this has been started by one of one of our volunteers Rebecca uh, she just decided to take it on on her own accord didn't she Kate and she was like we yes. should be on Instagram the offside rule should be on there and she's managed to get up to 2,000 followers just starting from nothing mm. um and I know I know it's humble beginnings but we are really really proud that she's just done this all on her own so yeah big yeah, thank you to, to Rebecca her. absolutely fair and uh, give her. us a follow at offside yeah. rule pod if you're on Instagram and did you know, ladies, that Neymar's been hit with a seven-day ban from Twitch after oh. revealing Richarlison's phone number on his live stream? What? Yeah, the Everton forwards received over 10,000 WhatsApp messages after Neymar's gaffe. Time to change your phone number, I think. All right, then, ladies, that's it for another week of Offside Rule Madness. Uh, we'll be back without the antiques, back to normal next week, I promise. Uh, but then again, what is normal in these times? Uh, until then, check us out on social media, at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, as Lindsay mentions. Join the Instagram crew, please. And you can leave us a review. Hayley, tell us the only option that we accept. Uh, Five-star review. You just go to the stars that are all blank, fill them up with the yellow golden colour that you can see, or it might be white depending on what device you're using. But the important thing is just click on the five stars and write something lovely about us because in this world today, we just need kindness and positivity. We do have a review uh, from last month to mention, actually, ladies. We didn't give this one a shout out. It's very, very short, but it means an awful lot. Insightful and lighthearted is the title. Well worth your time. Short and sweet, five stars. Aww. Thank you very much. We'll have more of those. All right, uh, that's it. It's international break time, so enjoy the roller coaster that is England or Scotland or Wales or Northern Ireland or whatever's happening. Uh, we'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at OffsideRulePodcast.com and by following at OffsideRulePod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of the Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on the Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. Yes, that music means one thing and one thing only. The Offside Rule WSL edition is back. Woohoo! And the WSL is bigger and better than ever before. Which means we need to do the same. And that's why we've got interviews with the biggest names. The brightest minds in the game. As well as all the in-depth match analysis you've come to know and love. Just search for the Offside Rule WSL edition, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can find us ad-free on the Athletic app. That's the Offside Rule WSL edition, out every Tuesday. Muddy News Media. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.